Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do it. Get out your Bibles. We're going to start in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, and it's at the very, very back of your Bible, I promise you that. Um, Don't go to the front, go to the back, all right? Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 11, and we're going to read to verse uh, 15, which is really the end of the chapter. And uh, it says this, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, the the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were open. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Well, it's going to be one of those days, isn't it, Pastor? You know, thanks. Thanks for the encouragement, Pastor. Let's talk about hell. Okay. How many know, though, that heaven and hell are very real, very real places? And I want to ask three questions uh, um, of you this morning that I want you to answer. I want to ask you three questions that I want you to answer, and they're, they're written down here, and, and then we're going to get into the text today. Um, question one, letter A, do I believe this? Do I believe Revelation 20? Do I believe that there really is a heaven and a hell and that people who don't know Jesus Christ will be separated from God and live in torment throughout all of eternity, which is what the Bible says, by the way, not just in Revelation 20, but in multiple places. Do I believe this to the point that it changes how I live? Do I believe this to the point that it changes how I live? That's a big question. That's a big question. I, I want to say this. If we lived in light of eternity, it would change the course of our lives. And not only that, if we lived in the light of eternity, it would change the course of other people's lives. It would change their lives because we would very quickly, more quickly, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're so focused, in fact, can I tell you, the church here in America is oftentimes so focused on what we view as success that we forget people will end up in hell if they reject the message of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, everybody, I do too, I get sidetracked I forget about eternity, but I'm learning something the older 
I get. In fact, I've learned this. I learned this years ago, and I want to share it with you because it's true. You know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you, you, you typically want to live for success. You just have success on the brain, and you want to live for success. But the more you mature, especially as a Christian, the more that you mature in Christ, you are no longer living for success. You don't want to be successful. You want to be significant. And, and I, I have long passed uh, the days of wanting to be successful. I just want to be significant in the kingdom of God. I want to make a difference for the glory of Christ. And if you're not there yet, can I tell you, as a Christian, God wants you to get there. And by the way, he'll bring success to you. He gives increase. He loves to see you prosper. He loves, to, and just like you love your children prospering and being blessed, and, and, and you love showing them your favor, and you love, you love it when, when they're succeeding or whatever they're, so, so that is with God. That you, got, you have to let him bring success to your life. But if you focus on success, you'll probably never be significant in the kingdom of God. Well, I don't want that to be said of me. I don't want people to say, oh, wow, he was so successful. No, I want people to say at my funeral, you know, he made a difference in my life. Like, he's the one that led me to Christ. He's the one that that encouraged me. He's the one that prayed for me. He's the one that discipled me. He's the one that that pursued me and loved me even when I was unlovable. I want people to say those type of things. I want to, I want to make a difference in my life. See what I'm saying? Because everything that we view as successful, it's not lasting. Not when it comes to the things of this world. Money, it's not lasting. Your house, it's not lasting. It, it, it probably won't be there 100 years from now. You know what I'm saying? And if it is, nobody's going to want to live in it. It's, it's going to stink by then. You know what I mean? It's going to have that nasty, musty smell. You're not going to want to live there. So why, why worry about success in this life? I'm just asking you, what good is it to focus on success but never be significant? What good is that? What lasting effect does that have in your life? I'm just asking. Something for you to think about. So the first question, do I believe this to the point that it changes how I live? B, am I willing to give up my comfort for the cause? Like, are you willing to give up your comfort for the cause of Christ? Um, my, my wife and I have said this numerous times. And I've had so many people say, Pastor Justin, I love this church. I'll be a member here as long as you never leave. And you're never going to leave, right? And I tell them, I smile and say, I have no plans of leaving. But can I tell you something, new song? It's still true. I have no plans of leaving. But if God calls me, I have to go. And I, I will lay down what the Lord has given me in order to, to do what God has called me to do. And I want the same for you. I want you to have the same desire, the same goals that, that you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to give up whatever I need to give up I'm willing to give up comfort for the cause of Christ. My, my wife and I, I've told you this before, we're so grateful for our house. It was a gift from God, just for us. It was just a gift from God to us. And we love it, but it's just a house. It, and, and Jennifer and I have both said, if God asks that from us, 
And he says, I just want you to live in a trailer park. Can I tell you something? It, would, it wouldn't be the joy of my life, but I would do it. And then when I did it, let me tell you this, God would give me joy in life. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not always fun to give up the comfort for the cause, but I know that the, that joy that I have in my life doesn't come from a home. It doesn't come from my car. It, it doesn't come from my wallet. Joy comes from Christ. He's the one who set me free. He's the one who's revived me and refreshed me and called me into his presence and his, to, into his kingdom and into his family. I don't need those things to be joyful. Paul said it this way, I've learned to be content. I've had a lot and I've had, I've had nothing. I've been well-dressed and I've been naked. I've been hot and I've been cold. I've had it all. But I just know what joy is in Christ. Oh, to be at that place, new song. Oh, to be at that place that every single one of us would just say, hey, God, I, just, I choose my cause over my comforts. Like, God, whatever you want. Uh, Jennifer and I, <laughs> we, uh, we've been to Haiti multiple times. Of course, we've adopted our youngest daughter from there. and We've been there several times. And my wife has always come back like, God, please don't call us to Haiti. <laughs> and yet she always follows it with, but if he does, Dustin, you know I'll go. I said, I know. I know, but relax. He's not calling us to Haiti, you know. But if he does, we'll, we'll go. But it's not, trust me, we're gonna give up some comfort if you go to a place like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. And yet, it's the joy of having a purpose. It's the joy of waking up in the morning, knowing your cause in life and saying, hey, I get to do this for the glory of the Lord. I get to serve him. I get to serve others because, because that's my purpose in life. Let us see. Am I using my voice to make a difference? And this is the main topic of the day because I think most Christians would say, you know, I, I really, I, I might struggle with it, but I think I would be able to give up my, my comfort for a cause. But, but, oh, but you know what, I'll, I'll serve in the nursery, or I'll make some coffee, or I'll be on the safety team, or I'll... You know, I'll come and be an usher or, or, or greeter or, or I'll serve somewhere, but hey, I don't talk to people. I just don't talk to people. You know, I might, I might sacrifice something. I might, you know, clear out my savings and give it to somebody for something, but you know what? Just don't expect me to talk. Can I tell you something? Can I, this is just from your pastor. For, for everybody, hey, that's just not me. Hey, I'm just an introverted. Can I tell you that that is a lie from Satan? It's a lie, because if you really want to live for Christ, you will have to open up your mouth. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You say, well, I'm sorry, that's just not me. I just don't do that. I just don't talk to people about Christ. Can I tell you? If somehow in your mind you have chalked that up to, it's okay, that's the pastor's job. Can I tell you something? It's not my job because I'm a pastor. It is my job because I'm a Christian. 
Isn't it funny that you go to a lot of pastors and say, hey, pastor, when was the last time that you witnessed to somebody? And many pastors would say, I don't do that. I just, my job, my job is to equip the saints for works of service. My job is to equip my people. I don't have to, to, to witness to somebody. I don't have to share Christ with somebody because I train others to do that. Therefore, I'm exempt from that. And I look at them and say, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. Isn't it interesting, though, that a pastor says, you know what, that's not my job, that's the job of my people, that's the job of my flock, and the flock says, it's not my job, pastor, we hired you to go and do that. You see how it is in America today? And can I tell you, it's all of our jobs, because we're all Christians. Like, God has called us to use our voice, and let me prove that to you today. As I was studying this, there, there, are, um, there were things that were coming to mind that the Holy Spirit was just giving me that I'd never really thought of before, that I never really spent much time on, and I want to share those with you today. Uh, first of all, you know that I've said this thousands of times. Words are powerful and produce results. So that's what we're talking about today. Words are powerful and produce results. Words are powerful and produce results. If somebody, listen, listen, listen. If you just say, well, I'm going to live my life, and I'm just going to be an example, and, and hopefully that'll bring somebody to Christ. I'm just going to live my life as, as an example, and hopefully they'll see Jesus in me, and they'll come to know, know Jesus. Can I tell you something, everybody? Again, again, again. At some point, you're going to have to use words. At some point, you're going to have to use words. Because if you're an example, but they've never heard about Jesus, they don't know the gospel, but they're looking up to you as an example, and, and, and you've been a good friend to them, they're not going to just naturally look at you and say, oh, oh, so what happened is everybody sinned, and, Jesus, and God had a plan that he was going to send his son into the world to pay the penalty for all of those sins, and he was going to hang on a cross, and he was going to be raised to life three days later, and he, he's going to sin. Are they going to know that without somebody telling them? No, okay, okay. So I just shared this with somebody yesterday. You've heard me share this. Now, don't be offended. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. If you have one of those little bitty fish on your car, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. It's okay. But, but, but don't expect somebody to see a fish symbol on the back of your car and say, oh, I fully understand about Jesus now. I think I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus because I saw a fish. Okay, so, so it's, it's okay to tell everybody, hey, I'm a Christian. It's okay. It's, put the fish back there. I don't care. But don't let that be your level of evangelism. Don't let that be, don't let that be the top of your witnessing technique. Well, I, I, I got a fish, though, Pastor. I got a, I got a fish. On, you, know, you know, you didn't catch a fish. You just got a fish on your car. There's a difference. You have to be a fisher of men, right? Your car is not a fisher of men. No, that's you. That's you. Everybody get that? It's you. It's you. So you're going to have to use words. And if you've, if you've formed that thought, well, I, I'm just, I just can't do that. Can I tell you, you have believed a lie. Because God will ask you to use your words. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hey, I've been redeemed. I've been, I've been bought at a price. I, I mean, Jesus did this in me. You're going to have to use your words. So how? Let, let, let me say this too. Words are powerful and they produce results. So it's not, it's, it's not just about 
what you have in life, it's about what you use. Words are powerful and produce results. Everybody has words, but words are only powerful if they are used. They're they're not powerful if they stay inside. You see what I'm saying? They're only powerful if they're used. So how do we use them? Let's look at that. Number one, I can speak for someone. What's this? And this is so cool. This is what God has been showing me. I can speak for someone. Proverbs 31.8 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute. Did you know that you've been called to speak up for somebody? Like, like to act on somebody's behalf, to be an advocate. You've been called to speak up for somebody. That, that, that's actually one of, the, one, of the, one of the greatest ministries we've ever supported. In fact, the, the, the ministry that we supported the most has been Project Rescue, where, where they are all throughout India now rescu- rescuing little girls from, self, from sex trafficking. And I'm talking about girls that are, that are literally toddlers to 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old girls that are being used not just two or three times a night, but eight to ten times a night. And somebody decided, David Grant, one of my heroes, decided to step up and, and be an advocate, to speak up for somebody to speak up for the destitute. And he travels and he says, come on, help me reach these little girls. In fact, help me reach these little boys that are being abused as well. By the way, David Grant is gonna be here December the 2nd. And you know what I've told you already. I I want us to be able to to write him a check for $25,000 just to say, here you go. Like, we're, we're going to help you rescue little girls. And I've already had about five people say, Pastor, count me in for $1,000. I'll give $1,000 for that. Can I tell you, that's part of the speaking up for somebody. And that's a, that's a God-given calling. It's a calling to fight for somebody who cannot fight for themselves, to speak up for somebody who cannot speak up for themselves. So you got to speak up for somebody. And December 2nd, we're going to make a difference for literally hundreds of little girls who will be rescued out of red light districts throughout India. We're gonna make a difference by the grace of God. Number two, this is so cool. I can speak over someone. I can speak for someone, and now I can speak over someone. Uh, uh, Of course, words are powerful, produce results, so we can speak over people. We speak blessings over you. That happened this morning over the tithes and offerings. We spoke a blessing over you. Here's an example of that in Numbers chapter six. Verse 22, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. Like I have this special blessing that I want you to speak over them. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, God says, I myself will bless them. Like, I want you to speak over somebody, and when you speak over somebody, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do the work. After you, listen to this, after you use your words, God says, I'll do the work. But you got to use your words. After you use your words, I'll do the work. 
Boy, that's powerful, everybody. Number three, I can speak to someone. So we speak for someone, we speak over someone, then we can speak to someone. Romans 10 says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Like, so if you say, well, I just want my life to be an example, but I can't really talk to people, that's not enough, new song. It's just not enough. Yeah, you're, you're, you're most of the way there, but at some point, how can they believe if you don't tell them about the change that Jesus made in you? How are they going to believe if you don't tell them about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world? How do they believe if you don't speak to them? So we can speak for people, we can speak over people, we can speak to people. Number four, I can speak with people. I can speak with someone. So now we're moving past, like right now, I'm speaking to you. But if we're one-on-one, I'm speaking with you. Everybody see the difference? Watch this. John 3, verses 1 through 3 says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus, not to Jesus, but with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So they're speaking with each other. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about personal evangelism is the name of it, or relational evangelism. By the way, out of all the types of evangelism, I firmly believe and and statistics prove relational evangelism is the very best way of bringing somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's the very best way. So other forms are confrontational. That's the rate, for all of you who've studied this, that's the Ray Comfort style. You know, hey, hey, have you ever sinned? No, no. Have you ever stolen anything? Well, yeah. Well, that makes you a thief. You know, have have you ever... Murdered somebody? Well, no. Oh, but God says if you, even, if you even have angry thoughts in your heart towards somebody, it's just like committing murder. Well, that's confrontational. And by the way, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm not opposed to Ray Comfort. In fact, the guy's led thousands of people to the Lord. And, is and Kirk Cameron does that too, by the way, confrontational evangelism. There's also service evangelism. Word, I'm just going to go serve. I'm just going to go serve. I'm going to serve in the community. And, and, and we, we do that often. We just serve our community. We just look for ways to serve our community because it is a form of evangelism. But the best way to evangelize, to win lost people to Jesus, is through relationships, through relationships, speaking with someone. You say, well, pastor, what if I don't know what to say? What if, what if I just don't know what to say? Well, what's happened in you? Tell them that. Well, all I know is I was a sinner separated from God. And I knew that I needed a change in my life. And I wasn't happy. And I just really felt like God was calling me to himself. And so one day I just prayed a prayer. God, would you forgive me? And, and, and immediately I, I just knew that I was forgiven. You know, immediately I just knew that God had set me free. I, immediately I just... This joy came in my life. Or whatever your story is. Everybody get that? Like, whatever your story is, tell that to them. If they say, well, I still have some, a few more questions, well, ask me. And if I don't know the answer, I'll go find the answer for you. 
And then come and talk to me during the week. Say, hey, I got somebody. <laughs> I'm fishing, pastor, I'm fishing. Being a fisher of men, but they have these questions. What should I tell them? And I'll help you. I'll say, hey, here's a great resource. Here's a great website that'll answer that. Here's, here's a book that you should read. Here's whatever it is. Or maybe I'll just give you a straight out answer. Normally, I don't like to do that. Because if you don't know those answers, I want you to learn yourself. So I kind of sneaky like that. Can I tell you? Kind of sneaky like that. Like, well, you, you should go find that out. And here's some ways, to do, here's some verses to look at. Because I want you to learn too as you, as you go along. By the way, great teachers do that. Great teachers don't, every, don't answer every question that every student has. Great teachers teach people to teach themselves. That's good. I'm telling you. It's, it stinks sometimes for you guys, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but it's the right way to do it. Because whenever I have questions, that's what I do. I just study it for myself. Every now and then I ask others, and then we talk about it together. But... I always look for myself first, and you need to start doing that too. That's a sermon all by itself. Number five, so we can speak over, we can speak to, we can speak with someone, and now the last one, I can speak to God for someone. I can speak to God for someone. And I'm going to show you some portions of Scripture here as we just bring this to a close. I'm going to show you some portions of Scriptures that that I think are going to encourage you, uh, a lot of them from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was passionate about lost people. In, in fact, let me tell you the level of passion that Paul felt towards lost people. Are you ready for this? This is going to be challenging to you. And this is in Romans chapter 9. He said this, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit can confirm it. Like what he's saying is, you're going to have a hard time believing what I'm about to say. But I am telling you the truth. And and he's saying this, as literally, as God as my witness, I am telling you the truth. Watch what he says. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed. And if you didn't know what that meant, he goes on to describe it. I would, I would be willing to be forever cursed, that is cut off from Christ, if it would save them. <gasps> Whoa, you know what that means? Paul is saying, I am, I am so troubled by the fact that people don't know Jesus, that they are going to go to hell. And I am so bothered by that, that if I could have my way, if I would be the only one to go to hell for all of eternity so that they could go to heaven, I would do that. Could you say that? Oh, can I tell you, everybody? I, I, I got I to gotta pray about that verse because I don't want to go to hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, like hey, I made my choice. You made your choice. You, you go there. You know what I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to. You see what I'm saying? Like, but he was so passionate about it. So, and that's so unbelievable to us. And we'd say, really, Paul? Really? You would go to hell? You would be tortured forever? Really, Paul? Paul says, yeah, really. As God is my witness, I would. But that's love, everybody. That's love. This guy was passionate 
about lost people, but can I tell you something? He was still scared. You're like, no, 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 not the Apostle Paul. Oh, yeah, him. The guy who was so passionate that he would give himself up for others. The guy who was so passionate that he would go to hell on behalf of others. He was scared about sharing his faith. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Ephesians 6, 18 and pray in the Spirit. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And he says, verse 19, and pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, everybody stop right there. Like, I want to I I make known the mystery of the gospel, but I want to do it fearlessly. I don't want to have fear. And you're like, oh, okay, but that doesn't really prove he has fear. Maybe he's saying the potential is, is there for fear. But what's the next verse? For which I'm an ambassador in chains. Watch this. Pray that I may declare it, declare it fearlessly as I should. He's saying it twice, everybody. If you didn't catch it the first time that he's scared, he's saying it again. No, 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 seriously, it scares me to share my faith. And I need you to pray with me. I, I, I gotta have some people supporting me in this because I don't wanna get this wrong. He was so passionate about lost people, he didn't wanna get it wrong. Pray for me. It's like he, if he were here today, if the apostle Paul walked in, he's like, oh, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, come here, gather around me, lay hands on me, pray for me. So I don't wanna mess this up. You see it? You think, well, really? Really, though? Well, let me share something with you. Well, again, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Timothy, I want you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God has, has given you. When I laid my hands on you, God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And you think, boy, that'll preach right there. But what's the context of this verse? Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Timothy, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Like, Timothy, Tim, come here, come here, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Don't have the spirit of fear. I know what it's like to be fearful and sharing my faith. Tim, Timothy, come here, come here. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a self-discipline. Don't ever be ashamed to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't ever be ashamed of that. Come on, Timothy, let's do it together. Let's do this together. We're going to pray for one another. Verse, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. This is Paul writing again. He says, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Like, come on, come on, I need your prayers. I need your prayers. I'm uncomfortable. I need your prayers. I, I get scared. I need your prayers. I'm, I'm facing opposition. I need your prayers. I don't always want to do this. So pray for me. Pray for me. You, you see it in his heart? That's why Hebrews says, and many people think that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but if not, it says, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of Christ's return is drawing near. Like one of the reasons that we get together is like, oh, hey, how, how did you go this week? Did you share your faith? Did you share the gospel? Oh, you know what? I, oh, I had an opportunity, but I, I think I blew it. 
I don't know what to do. Oh, come here, come here. We're going to pray for you. And God's strength is going to be in you. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, we're supposed to be here for you. That, that's why small groups are so powerful. New song that when you gather, that you're talking to people about, hey, this is what I'm up against. This is who I'm witnessing to. This, I'm sharing my faith with a coworker. I'm sharing my faith with a family member. And you know, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm kind of scared about it. Could you pray for me? Could you pray with me? And our response as fellow believers is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come here, come here, come here, come here. I've been there. I still get there every now and then. Yeah, we're going to pray for you. Well, what happens when you pray? Well, let me show you. Acts chapter 4. This is after Peter and John just literally that had escaped this prison sentence. It says, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they heard the report, all of the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So, so what it was, what was happening is they come out, they, they, they just narrowly escape prison for sharing their faith and they go to the believers and they tell them the story and the believers immediately say, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. And they pray this prayer, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your, your, your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they get together, oh God, you gotta step in. Oh God, you gotta do the miraculous. God, God, you've gotta help us, you gotta give us boldness. Father, we wanna do this for the glory of your name. We wanna honor Jesus Christ in our life. So, so all the believers had gathered together and they prayed. And the Bible says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. Why? Because they decided to speak to God for someone. Because they decided to speak to God for one another. And could it be, New Song, could it be that when we gather in this place, one of the things that we ought to do is that every single week we should be praying for one another. Oh God, give us boldness. Give us security in sharing our faith. Oh Father, give us courage. Give us the words to say. Father, do the miraculous. Let signs and wonders follow. And could it be that this place has not been shaken the way God wants it to be shaken because his people haven't prayed like he wants us to pray. So I say, let's pray. Let's stand up together. Woo, I'm a little fiery today. L listen, new song, are we Bible believers or are we not? Like God has not called us to be lukewarm average Christians. Lukewarm Christians make God sick to his stomach. That's what the Bible says. Could we just pray for each other? We would have the boldness to share our faith with the lost.
Come on, let's pray. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for my church family, God. I pray that you would give us boldness to declare your works, to declare your goodness, to, to declare the saving message of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would raise up a group of believers here at New Song Church and across the city and across this, this county, Father, that would take a stand of faith, that they would take a stand in the Lord Jesus Christ and boldly not just live out the goodness of the Lord, but we would speak out the goodness of the Lord, that we would not just live out our salvation, we would tell others of the salvation that we have found in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for my church family today that you would sweep across them, that you would get out every single uh, feeling of inadequacy, every single feeling of fear and doubt, and Father, you would put inside of them courage and boldness and a trust that depends on you that you're going to give them the words to say in the moment that they need to say it, that you're going to give them wisdom, that you are going to fill them with your spirit, not only in this moment, but in every single moment to come as they are ministers for the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that there would be a church in this community in this county, in north central Indiana, not just New Song, but your church would rise up as mighty men and women of God that we would rise up as men and women who are not only redeemed, but we are the redeemed that actually says so. Because that's what your word says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, we want to be those people, Lord. (laughs) We want to be those people, Father, that boldly declare your goodness, but always doing it out of love, always doing it out of a heart of grace and a heart of mercy. Not that we're looking down at anybody. Father, rid us of all pride that we're better than others. Rid us of that. Lord, I pray that we would humbly accept the word that has been planted in us, and we would be forever changed by it, and we would help others to be forever changed by your word, by your truth, by the message of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that you would help us have a different view of the church that we wouldn't be pointing our fingers at other people and saying, well, it's not my job, it's their job. It's his job. It's her job. Father, help us to destroy that mindset because that is not found in your word. That's not who we are meant to be. Every single one of us are called to be bold in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to live, Father, for the glory of your son's name. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.